This is Echo Zoe Radio, episode 166 for February 2022 with Alan Nelson on Effectual Calling. Welcome to Echo Zoe Radio, the podcast outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries, where you'll hear about important topics affecting the church today. Our primary goal is to explore a variety of issues while remaining faithful to God and His Word. Stay with us for the next hour as your host, Andy Olson, shares his conversation with this month's guest. Here's your host, Andy Olson. I'm Andy Olson. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. This is episode 166 for February 2022. Alan Nelson returns for his third episode of Echo Zoe Radio. Alan is pastor of Perryville Second Baptist Church in Perryville, Arkansas. He's also the author of Before the Throne, Reflections on God's Holiness, and From Death to Life, How Salvation Works, which were the topics of the first two episodes that he did with us. He also writes for Things Above, a Christian group dedicated it's a Christian group blog dedicated to missions, evangelism, theology, and sports, and that's at thingsabove.us. In addition to Things Above, he has some articles up at Founders Ministry as well. And this time around we discuss effectual calling. I jumped on the topic when I spotted a conversation that he was engaged in, in on uh, Twitter, and he had shared an article that he wrote for founders on the subject, which is listed in the additional resources section of the show notes. This episode should be on the Echozoe Locals page in both audio and video formats. I'm beginning to try to branch out a little get a bit on social media again as well, in addition to Locals, where I've been really hoping to build up more of a community-style uh, experience. I've also got, gotten on to Gab, Parlor, and Getter, if you're on any of those sites, look for Echozoe Ministries. I've also got a, I've had a Telegram channel for a while, and we'll continue to cross-post more stuff there as well. I took a little break and hadn't been posting for a while. So if you're on Telegram, look for Echozoe. Uh, also, a Discord channel or Discord server is just starting to come online. Uh, at the time of this recording, there isn't much there, but if you're on Discord... Um, can check that out as well. On the video side, the YouTube channel is still up and running, and I've added a Rumble channel. And I'm also considering getting on BitChute and Odyssey. So if you're on either of those sites and would like to see Echo Zoe on those platforms, please re- reach out to me and let me know that there's some interest. So I recognize that that with all those sites that the uh, it gets kind of confusing, and some of those places aren't as easy as simply just uh, going to slash echo zoe or whatnot so for that i created a self-hosted link tree i'm not sure if you're familiar with link tree but it's kind of a interesting new thing people are doing if you go to echozoe.com slash link tree you'll find a links to all those sites that i just mentioned and all the places all the channels pages sites and what have you around the internet where you can find echo zoe ministries Show notes for this episode are available at echozoe.com slash 166, and that's where you'll find an outline of the discussion, a list of the scriptures that we referenced during the discussion, um, additional resources, including that link to Alan's article on Founders Ministries, and uh, related episodes from the Echo Zoe, Ministry, Echo Zoe Radio archives. So with that, here's my discussion with Alan. Alan, we were just talking about how it's been... Uh, been more than two years since i've had you on to, to talk about uh your latest book yes sir it's uh it's it's weird for all of us uh post 2020 because 2020 is like gone you know and and uh things that feel like they weren't that long ago happen to be now like two years ago <laughs> so yeah well that was uh, be... oh i was just looking it up as we were chatting beforehand that it was november of 2018 and then november of 2019 that talked about mm-hmm. your two books so it's been a little over two years. Twenty nineteen. It's been too long, brother. But I'm, yeah. I'm glad to be 
glad to be back on. And you got, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but you're, you got another book on the way. Yeah, that's okay to say it. I, okay. I, it. <laughs> I, was like, I don't want to like divulge any secrets. In, in God's providence, I submitted it actually today to Free Grace Press. So the cool. day that we're recording this, I sent it and um, we'll, it, it'll be, it'll be a lot of time. I mean, this is just the initial stage. So, but Lord willing, um, it'll be published, you know, in the foreseeable future now. Cool. Yeah, so we're recording on the 24th. So it was a, over a week ago as this gets released that uh, that we talked. So mm-hmm. to give people listening a, a little idea, but uh, yes, sir, submitted it a week ago. That's right. Um, well, I, I mean, you you threw out the word providence, and uh, I think I have some episodes that I do that I think are just absolutely providential how they come about, and I, this one is is one of them already. And the reason I say that is because I was sitting around thinking. You know, uh, Michelle Leslie last month helped me kind of get caught back up and get back on schedule and try to get episodes up on the first of the month rather than try to squeeze them out before the month is over. And I didn't want to slip back behind again. And I went on Twitter and I thought, well, I'll see if any of my friends on there have uh, can can inspire me to come up with something. And you had the first tweet I saw was something you had posted about effectual calling. And I thought, you know what, mm-hmm. I haven't talked to Alan for a while. And that's an awesome topic. Yeah, yes, sir. It's a, it's a, it's a needed topic. It's a topic. I think that, um, I don't know your, your context per se in Minnesota, but, but down here, if you talk to the average Christian about effectual calling, they, they might kind of look at you like, what, what are you talking Mm -hmm. about? (laughs) So I think it's a good topic. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I was just having a conversation with my son last night as we were going over kind of I homeschool him he's uh pretty self-sufficient you know I give him uh, at the beginning of the week a pile of work to, to work on over the course of the week and he, he sticks to most of it by himself does the reading and answers uh, worksheet questions and whatnot and um and and we got to talk and then there was a question in there and I think it was I, I threw in a logic course um that I found on master books that's really good. And, you know, some of my listeners will know that I have a little bit of an affinity for, for logic and uh, was reading through that with him and just making sure he got his fallacies correct and whatnot. And, and uh, the word uh, regeneration came up and mm-hmm. um, actually, you know, it wasn't his logic. It was his literature. Uh, he, he's got these worldview, different, different uh, worldview things he's working through. And regeneration came up and he was talking about these other worldviews like romanticism and naturalism and whatnot and and trying to reflect on uh, why he disagrees with something and um so i i got a chance to sit down and talk a little bit about regeneration and and explain to him how that vocabulary thing like you said as people you know that most people wouldn't understand what you're talking about and i i tried to explain to him that whatever you do in life whether you're you know your mom's a lawyer your dad's an architect uh, whatever is your your vocation is going to have a vocabulary that you're going to know that the average people aren't going to know and it's the same at the church we're going to have in our theology we're going to have a, a vocabulary that the rest of the world is not familiar with but if you really take it seriously you're going to have to learn that vocabulary mm-hmm. so it was a chance to kind of talk about both regeneration but also the importance of learning that theological vocabulary even if you're not going to be a pastor per se well, and you know, um, Andy, this this happens all the time, whether you're a, a football fan or a hockey fan or or mm-hmm. you're taking algebra or you're, you know, every or you're an electrician. Mm-hmm. Every so it's like, you know, why, why you got to be so serious about these terms and all that? And it's like, well, everything that you do uh, is essentially has some sort of field that has these terms, whether it's his as trivial as sports or mm-hmm. as serious as uh, brain surgery, you know, every field or as serious as Christian theology, every field has these, um, has these terms and these things that we need to know. And effectual calling certainly is, is one of those for Christian theology. Mm-hmm. Now we didn't talk a whole lot about um, direction. So this can be a little more free following discussion, but I think maybe it, someplace to start a discussion of effectual calling is just calling in general 
like the mm-hmm. general calling for mm-hmm. one yeah so there are two different callings uh what why don't yeah you take so that one with it? yeah sure uh you know in in the bible the greek word for call kaleo is is similar to how we use the um, english word for call it was um it was actually on march 10th 1876 i believe that alexander graham bell made the first telephone call and on that call, he he called his assistant. He said, "Mr. Watson, I've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty." And um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he said, he say, "Call Mr. Watson." He said, "Mr. Watson, that really was his assistant." Mr. Watson, come here, I need you. And so the rest is history. Of course, now we use cell phones and all that. But 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 the English word "call" is, uh, or the Greek word for calls very similar to the English word for call. So it's used in Matthew 1, 21, where it says you, uh, uh, she will bear a son, the angel telling Joseph, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. So it just means that's what his name's going to be. Um, but in theology, the word also is used, as you said, like when we talk about this general call. Now the word call is not in Isaiah 45, 22. But Isaiah 45, 22 says, turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. So that is what we mean when we say the general call. Um, I'm a Reformed Baptist, and there's a little bit of a debate about this, but I am a Reformed Baptist who subscribes to the free offer of the gospel. And what I mean is that we take the gospel to the nations and we freely offer it no strings attached. Can I really be saved? Well, I don't know if you're elect or not. That's mm-hmm. we and we say no, no. Isaiah forty five twenty two as an example. Turn to Christ. Look to look to Jesus. And there is a general call that goes out to every individual who uh, who hears the gospel. And um, and this general call is important. And it's a call that the church uh, that that's it, it, if you will an external call whereby the church and God is, uh, where the church is, uh, is calling upon uh, sinners to look to Christ and be saved. And it's a genuine, well-meant on offer of the gospel to the nations. So that that's, in, in some, I guess, is what we would refer to as the general call of God. It's the call that, uh, that we uh, tell people to look to Christ and be saved, and it's external. Yeah. So, but then, then there's a difference between those, like we really are called to, to share the gospel with everyone, go out into the, all the world and spread the gospel, share the gospel, Jesus commanded. And that was a genuine command, go out and share the gospel mm-hmm. with everyone. But then there's a, we, we kind of boil that down to what we call the effectual call, mm-hmm. which is, uh, goes out to a subset, we would say maybe. Yeah, I th- no, I think that's right. Um, and, and, and it's very simple. We don't, we don't walk around using the word effectual all the time, probably, mm-hmm. but the word effectual is simple for us to understand. It just means it brings about what it intends. As a parent, you know that you do not have an effectual call because uh, you call your children all the time, come here, you know, and, and it, you have to call their names several times, you know, before you got to start counting five. That's right. Four, that's right. Three. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. But the effectual call, in fact, uh, I, I grabbed this before the, uh, right before we started recording, I have a copy of, uh, the 1689 and, um, and, and let me, let me see. I don't, I don't want to sit here and read too much, but, but I don't Ooh, go this ahead. Is, a real well-worded paragraph, I think. So this is from the 10th chapter of the 1689 Second London Baptist Confession of Faith. Uh, 10th chapter and paragraph one. Those whom God hath predestined unto life, he is pleased in his appointed and accepted time effectually to call by his word and spirit out of that state of sin and death in which they are by nature to grace and salvation by Jesus Christ enlightening their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the things of God, taking away their heart of stone and giving to them a heart of flesh, renewing their wills and by his almighty power, determining them to that which is good and effectually drawing them to Jesus Christ, 
and then this is very important here at the end. Yet so as they come most freely, made willing by his grace. Mm-hmm. So the first thing, and that, that definition is really, really good, but the first thing is, well, let me look. I bet they have some verses here mentioned. Well, while you days. do that, if you don't mind, yeah, I, go ahead. I wanted to talk a little or just bring back up that providential nature of this whole discussion. Yeah. Because another aspect of why I thought it was so providential was that with my two of my boys, my two middle kids, um, I do a, a lesson in homeschooling with them every day together. And uh, this year I'm more I, I put it together more on my own on my own rather than buying somebody else's uh, curriculum. And one of the things we're doing is, is, and I think this is a little bit over their heads. I think I figured that out as we gone, but I'm doing it anyway, where um, I, uh, three days a week, I'm reading a chapter out of J.I. Packer's concise theology with them. Mm-hmm. And when I say a chapter, I mean, it's like, I'm reading it off of Lagos. Uh, mm-hmm. on my ipad but i think if it was a printed book we're talking like maybe two pages on average mm-hmm. it's not very much and today providentially the chapter <laughs> was effectual calling wow yeah 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 and uh so what i wanted to read was you just read out of the 1689 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh he starts off talking about also chapter 10 but it's the 1647 westminster confession which a lot of the london baptist confession is yeah yeah, based yeah that's on. right um and, and if you don't mind, I'll read a paragraph of that. Yeah. All those whom God hath predestined unto life and those only he is pleased in his appointed and accepted time effectually to call by his word and spirit out of the state of sin and death in which they are by nature to grace and salvation by Jesus Christ, enlightening their minds spiritually and savingly to understanding the things of God, taking away their heart of stone and giving unto them a heart of flesh, renewing their wills, and by this almighty power, determine them to that which is good, and effectually drawing them to Jesus Christ, yet so as they come most freely, being made willing by his grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. That's, that's almost, you know, when the, just historically speaking, this the the Baptists in 1677, the, the um, 17th century Baptists of England, they did basically just take the Westminster Confession. In a lot of places, they just did basically the same thing. And then they just improved it in some areas, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Um, but, but you know, in both those, you said earlier, I think your word was something along the lines of within the general call, there's a subset uh, of the effectual call. And, and, and maybe some of your listeners, you know, maybe there's someone out there listening like, well, what does that mean? Well, in one, it, it means that what we're saying is that the effectual call is connected to um, election. And, and in fact, all theology really is connected. That's really important while we want to do our best to get every facet of theology right. Because, you know, if you go astray in one area, it's inevitably going to affect other areas because this is interconnected. God is a God of order and um, all these things fit. But what we're saying is in eternity past, God, and certainly this is mysterious and and above our, our full comprehension, but God in his mercy, in his wisdom and in his grace chose out of the mass of fallen humanity, a people to save for his own eternal glory. And the effectual call is that in time, he calls them, um, and let's try to say where I want to start, but like he calls them in such a way that as the confession says, as of what you're reading from the, from the Westminster, he calls them in such a way that he doesn't drag them to himself, um, unwillingly, but rather he calls them in such a way as that they for sure come, uh, to him. So I was thinking, Yes, I do right here. I'm going to have to, I'm going to look this up, but, uh, you know, the old, uh, this is a classic Charles Wesley song. You know, the Charles Wesley song, right? And can it be, do you know that? Are you familiar? Uh, that, yeah, yeah, probably. I, if you started reading it to me, I'm, I'm guessing it would come to me. Okay. This is even in our Baptist symbol here, but it's really good. Charles Wesley, uh, of course the brother of John Wesley, but 147 if i can get there in my old baptist hymnal (laughs) and can it be uh charles wesley says this this is verse three in this version long my imprisoned spirit lay 
fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Now this is the Armenian Charles Wesley, but this is a great verse here. Basically, he's saying, I was in prison, I was in chains, then you showed up, and 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 your eyes, or, or sorry, you showed up and you shined forth the light, and uh, my chains fell off, and I was free, and I followed you. Well, that's what we're talking about with the effectual call. A, a physical illustration to for this is it would be Lazarus, you know. What happens when Jesus calls Lazarus? He doesn't say, well, boys, y'all better go in there and drag him out just in case he doesn't <laughs> want to come, right? No, he says, Lazarus, come forth. And what happens? Lazarus comes. Why? Because he's been awakened. And that's what we're saying in the effectual call. Mm -hmm. um, Andy, people want to say that, you know, do, 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 do people respond to God's general call? And my answer is absolutely they respond. How do they respond? Always in rejection and rebellion. That is this general call that God's, you know, Isaiah 45, 22, turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth for I'm God and there is no other. How do little boys and little girls and men and women and, and people of all tribes and tongues and nations, how do they respond to that in and of themselves? They reject it. They say, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want that. Why? Because Ephesians 2 says their heart uh, is dead. They're dead in their trespasses and sins, following um, the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work and children of disobedience. So that's that's the issue. If if you just if you if you remove the effectual call and you say, well, let's just let everybody decide. Well, everybody chooses in of their own volition that's enslaved to sin to run away from god and to reject god if that makes makes sense makes perfect sense and then you know i was just gonna mention somewhere in there and i don't know if this is the best spot to mention it but this in this difference between general call and effectual call the, a big difference between them would be that we are called to participate in the general call to go out and preach the gospel but the effectual call itself is is totally a work of the spirit. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, and I, um, you know, I lost my place there. But both of those said, yeah, and I, I so when we were defining earlier, we said the general call was external. Right. The yep. the effectual call is internal. It is, like you say, it is the Holy Spirit. Now He works through means like the means of preaching, but, but so, I mean, I, I don't know your testimony, Andy, but I, I, I was one of those that heard the gospel in a message and I responded, but some people, some people like Bunyan, for example, right off the top of my head, they wrestled with this for a long time before it seemingly from our perspective, before the Holy Spirit effectually drew them uh to christ so so it may be that the effectual draw happens as you're listening effectual call happens as you listen to a sermon or someone shares a track but it could also be later as you're thinking about it or you're wrestling and then but what happens is the holy spirit you, you remember in genesis 1 how it says the spirit of god hovered over the face of the of the deep you know mm -hmm. and i think there's a beautiful um picture in my mind of the holy spirit coming upon a person's cold dead stony heart and just breathing life whereby that person um their eyes are open they're awakened and they run to christ they want christ um they're not they're not forced to go to christ against their will they 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 begin to see things now not perfectly because you know even now we've been christians for a while andy but we don't understand our sin perfectly yet 
we but they begin to see their sin they 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 repent they they see the free offer uh, of the gospel they see Christ as their only suitable and all sufficient savior and so they are irresistibly drawn to him yet they come as the confession says most freely and um and and willingly and so that is when they put their faith in Christ so the effectual draw so it's important in the ordo salutis so the effectual call happens logically first mm -hmm. and then and then the sinner uh he or she puts their faith in christ and as a result of not the effectual draw as a result of faith in christ which is a gift they are justified you know we don't go around saying you're justified by the effectual call that's not what we say that's not right theologically correct we say you're you're justified by faith but your faith is a result of God's gift in the effectual call. So that's why Romans 8.30 is so important. I think it's uh, really important um, where Paul walks through that golden chain of redemption where he says, those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. Now, if you say, according to that verse, that God calls everybody in the same way, that there's no distinction there's no because some would say there's no distinction there is no effectual call god calls everybody that hears the gospel in the same way then according to romans 8 30 everyone's justified mm -hmm. everyone who because it says who's justified those well and wouldn't you almost have to be a flat-out pelagian to take that point of view yes uh, i mean even yes. an arminian is going to have some i mean they're going to they're going to have a provenient grace Sure. working in there at some point and they and, and maybe that's a good direction to go because it sounds like you already answered my next question i was going to ask you about ordo salutis and and you went there so um we are both reformed we would you know so we're coming at this with a different perspective but you you did bring up the wesley brothers and who are more yeah Armenian, you know yeah but uh would, would you not almost have to be a flat-out pelagian to believe that um just I, I, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on how you put it just a minute ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, P Pelagius, Pelagius is a little bit different in the sense that basically unregenerate persons can respond positively to Christ whenever they decide it's time to embrace the grace. So like the grace of God is like out there and whenever they decide, whenever they want to decide to embrace that, they can or whatever. And then there's a little more like semi-Pelagian where, um, you know, where we're genuine brothers in Christ, you know, like I say, Charles Wesley, a genuine brother would, would not say, um, you know, would not say that we don't need grace. But, but the idea is, the idea still is at that moment, what is it? I mean, and really, this is the dividing line between the reformed and the non-reformed and when mm -hmm. it comes to soteriology, our understanding of salvation. How is it that a person gets ultimately gets saved? Because we would both affirm it's by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. But what we're arguing is the only way a person ever comes to faith in Christ is if they're effectually drawn. Whereas the non-reformed, the the Armenian, the semi-Pelagian would say, okay, God gives the grace, and then you have to decide if you're going to activate that or not, which is really strange. So it's kind of like, I'm going to wake up Lazarus and then he's going to decide. And if he says, no, he's going to be dead, go back being dead or whatever, you know? Yeah. It really, it, it just doesn't make sense. Right. And now they would use an, their analogy that they would use would be more like a life vest where they're floating around, can't swim mm -hmm. and you threw them a life vest and they had to choose to grab it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the, you know, of course the problem with that is, uh that we're already yes dead. yeah the, the a couple problems one we are already dead the other problem with that analogy is it misunderstands our uh our depravity so like if we're if we're if, if you want to use that analogy fine but the guy drowning has i don't know a waterproof machine gun and and you're trying to throw the vest and he's shooting at you like he doesn't want that it's like no he, it, it, okay it's like this your kids how, how old are you like your youngest kid how old is she's six she's six okay so she's a little bit 
probably out of this stage, but I don't know. Does she like vegetables? No. Well, unless yeah. you call a French fry a vegetable. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's not. So <laughs> let's say yeah, let's say you put uh, let's say you put spinach. In She's front gonna of your, cry. Right. Yeah. Let's put a some spinach in front of your lovely little <laughs> daughter, and you say to her, "Honey, um, not only do I want you to eat the spinach, I want you to love it. <laughs> I want you to love the spinach." Now as a dad, you might be able to get her to eat a few bites of the spinach and she's making that face and all that, but she, she, she can't love that because <laughs> it's, it's, she does, it's not her nature. That's, you know, it's, it's similar to the analogy. If you, if you take a buzzard and in front of the buzzard, you know, I put a three day old possum that I ran over or I put a, a fresh Caesar salad and okay. I'm talking to a buzzard now, Andy, don't hold it against <laughs> me, but I'm saying buzzard. You know, pick, what do you want here? Do you want the, what do you want the possum or do you want the, the salad? Well, he's free to choose, but he's going to choose what's in accordance with his nature. So your little daughter, she can't love spinach. It's not in her nature. Lord willing, her taste buds will change one day. The, 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 the buzzard can't love. Oh, you cut out there. You were, you were talking about the buzzard and then it just went quiet. What happened? I don't know. Sorry. Um, maybe I'm getting too far away from my computer, so I don't know. Anyway, yeah, the buzzard can't. Basically, what I'm saying is, the buzzard can't choose what he what's not in accordance with his nature. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, my daughter is not going to eat spinach. She's going to scream. <laughs> She's going to scream, and it's going to hurt your ears. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, that's you know, right. my fourteen-year-old so would be. She, he might not scream as much, but he's not eating it either. Yeah, well, that's and and that's a problem with the life vest analogy. Mm -hmm. Is they they hate. Okay, to first of all, to grab the life vest is an admission that they need saved, right? Like like the drowning person. Okay, set aside that right. we. So don't that's even, a good point. You've already made progress in there in the in the process when they just acknowledge yeah. the need. Yeah, yeah. That's part of this that, effectual calling. It's that's just right. acknowledging Man, the need. That's right. Mankind in and of themselves, they don't want to say, they're not going to say that they are, uh, that they need help. Not that kind of help, mm -hmm. you know. So I think it's very important. Um, and, and I think Romans 830 is a very important verse. Those he called, he justified. And so this is, this is speaking then that there's not one call but there is two, there's a general call, but then there's a special effectual call rooted in God's uh, eternal counsels that, uh, that we see come out in time. Mm -hmm. I would say another thing about this is it has very practical ramifications. So maybe somebody sitting here listening and they're like, okay, does it really matter? You know, Charles Wesley wrote a great hymn. And so, you know, does it really matter at the end of the day, which one of these, however, how I come down on this? And I would say, yes, it matters greatly. First of all, because we want, don't we want our theology to be in line with the scriptures? So it matters because however God has revealed salvation works and the effectual calling works that's what we want to believe but there's also other reasons that it matters and i'll give you an example one example is the effectual draw the effect i, I, I say draw sometimes because i'm thinking you can put this in your show notes john 6 44 is a classic mm -hmm. you know jesus said no one can come to me no one can by the way ability no one can no one has the ability to come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I'll raise him up in the last day. And then I think, is it, you know, the counter to that is people want to use John as John 12 31, where it says, if the son of man be lifted up, I'll draw all people to myself. And so they're like, we'll see. But what Jesus means in John 12 is um, the Greeks have entered into the conversation. And so he's talking about, I didn't just come to draw. Right. Yeah. I didn't just come to draw Jews. There'll be all people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Praise God for that. So 
so okay so back to say the effectual call well what that, is it just, hold on a sec you know yeah, this, yeah, go ahead. Now, now you're going to know more greek than i do and i and, and anybody who's watching can see over your uh behind your right shoulder oh. <laughs> that uh you've got some greek up on the wall and despite having um you know create naming my podcast and my ministry echo zoe i actually don't know a whole lot of greek <laughs> <laughs> but so correct me if i'm wrong but when in john 6 44 when he when, when he says to draw that does the greek not actually say more like drag it's it's the and the the issue is it's the same word in john 6 and john 12 and it means it's like the idea of drawing water you know okay. like when you draw water yeah and and that's well, the so water that's doesn't the have a choice it's coming that's right it's so that's the idea drag is a good idea it's it's the connotation of drag um but see, people want to say, well, see, John 12 counteracts John 6 because he says in John 12 that he's going to drag, right. let's just use the word drag, he's going to drag all people to himself. But if you just read the context of John 12. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same that, mistake they make in John 3.16, you know, that God so loved the world, you know, that he gave his only son. You know, yeah. they're, they're not saying literally every person in the world. They're saying it's not just the Jews anymore. It's everybody. And the, yeah, well, and the thing is about john 12 is if you want to run with that you it would lead you to universalism right you know, that's you, the problem yeah so so that to say why, why is this effectual draw why is it call and draw why does it matter practically and one of the reasons actually i'm going to say is because it uh there's several the bible you know believe in the bible another is it affects our understanding of the holy spirit so let me give you this analogy the father even if you're an Armenian, you believe in election. The father elects on his own. The son dies for our sins on his own. Why do we, why does the Holy Spirit need our help? Right? When we affirm the biblical teaching of the effectual call, we are saying the Holy Spirit really is God. He and he and he is worthy of our praise and worship. When it comes to our salvation, he has a real role to play that does not involve us. Now, he does have a role that does involve us, but there is part of his role that he is sovereignly gracious and has a, has a work that is uh, separate from us, if that makes sense, or, or without our help. It's monergistic, you know. Mm -hmm. um, That's a good word, a good theological word. Yeah, yeah. Vocabulary. Yeah. Ergos is the word is the Greek word for work. And 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 then you have the Greek word sin, which means S Y N, which is like with. Mm -hmm. And then you have the manos, which is alone. So there's the two synergism is the spirit and the and the center work together. And we reject that. Yeah. In the effectual call. And monergism is the, the Holy Spirit works alone. So one of the reasons this matters because it 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 um, uplifts and affirms and honors the work of the Holy Spirit. Another reason it matters, and and we kind of maybe dabbled in this a minute ago, but we didn't really push this. And so I, you know, I like your thoughts here too. But another reason it matters is because it matters greatly in our evangelism. So we do take forth this general call to the nations. But God is actually working through that with the effectual call. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I'm saying to why well, that goes so back to that Romans 830 that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And so my most important thing as an evangelist, when I'm sharing the gospel, is to make sure that I articulate the gospel uh, rightly. And then also, and, you know, there's so many different flavors of reformed theology out there, but I'm of the, I'm of the brand that it's biblical to persuade, to plead, to exhort sinners to turn from their sins and to look to Christ. But I don't have to be, I don't have to do gimmicks. I don't have to dim the lights, turn on the fog machines, play the, the, the right chords on the, you know, hey man. Just if you play the A minor, oh, we're going to see a lot of people come to Christ tonight. 
you know, I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but you know what I'm saying, man? Yeah. That's the, isn't there like, there's such a burden off your shoulders when you realize that, that yeah. like I can plead and I can persuade and I can do what I can do. But when the sinner ultimately rejects the message, it's not really my message that he's rejected, you know? That's right. And then likewise on the other side, that if, if that person is, like, I don't know who the elect are. So I'm going to, I'm there looking for my fellow elect people, my brethren that haven't been quite called yet. And, mm -hmm. and I'm privileged to participate in the process, but if they don't react, then that's, that's, it's not, it's not a deficiency of what I did. Yeah. My, my charge is to faithfully share the gospel and, and, and I would say genuinely and invite and command and plead with and exhort sinners to look to Christ and be saved. But it's not my job to do the effectual drawing. Right. And guess what? At the end of the day, isn't it so much sweeter and more glorious to leave this in God's hands? Mm -hmm. Like, God, you're God. You do what you want for your glory, for, for in, in your wisdom and in your love. And I can't be more gracious than God. I can't be wiser exactly. or more loving than God. And like you said, I love what you said about letting that, what had you said, the weight off your shoulders. Yeah, That's absolutely right. It's for the glory of the king, and I can trust God to work. Mm -hmm. Well, and then you can look at it through more of a, a humble mindset and realize that as you're sharing the gospel that, there's you you don't deserve any glory for those who come to christ you, it was an honor for you to participate in the process in the first place just take it as an honor don't take it as you know deserving of any kind of glory that's right well we're talking about some reasons this matters more than just you know and for those who are not watching uh andy and i are not sitting here smoking our pipe but if you imagine <laughs> If you imagine theologians, you know, sitting in their high ivory tower, smoking their pipe, drinking their coffee, and and just contemplating how many angels can dance on the head of a pen, well, that's not what this is. That's not what this is like. The effectual call has very many practical applications. We've talked about the Bible. We've talked about the divinity of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about our evangelism. You know, the, I want to. Hey, that's why. Hey how silly is it to pass out gospel tracts? You're like, that's just a waste of time. And you're like, no, but because I believe in the effectual call, I know that my, I just want to get the gospel in people's hands. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what you think about the Gideons or how much you know about them. I mean, they are King James only, I think, but, but they have a real commitment to just wanting to put the Bible in people's hands. Why is that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know a ton about the Gideons, but when I was in grade school, it, it was like every, every spring, as I walked to school, there would be a Gideon and one day on a, one of the first warm days of spring, they would be standing just out on the sidewalk, just off the school property with a big box of little Gideon New Testament Bibles. And I've got three or yeah. four of those still hanging around here somewhere. And I and, wasn't and, saved for probably uh, 10 years after that. Yeah. Well, there's many testimonies. You ever hear a Gideon speak many testimonies they share of someone just opening up the drawer of their hotel room, picking up a Bible and just reading it. And, and, and what happened there? The Holy Spirit mm -hmm. drew them through the word. And so that's why we, you know, if I, if I may speak uh, a little bit off the cuff here, I, I know that's why one of the frustrating things that we got going on the Southern Baptist Convention is this Ed Litton plagiarism stuff. And I don't want to get too far off, but I want to say one of the reasons pulpit plagiarism is so near and dear to my heart well obviously i'm a pastor but it's also because the preaching of the word um you know that sign that you mentioned behind me that's what it says for anybody who's watching Karuks on tom long on preach the word the the preaching of the word is one of the primary ways that the holy spirit grabs a hold of a sinner's heart and draws them effectually to christ and so we must we must take these things very seriously. But something else is going to add and pick pick your your brain here a little bit. But mm -hmm. I would argue that the effectual call also has practical um, ramifications for our understanding of the ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Um, you you got any thought? I have some thoughts on that. You got any thoughts on that? How the effectual call plays into that? 
Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I'd say more on the Lord's Supper side. Yeah, I would think so. Because I think if you, for those who, who are genuinely re- regenerate, the Lord's Supper is uh, something that we are honored to participate in. But woe to those who take it who aren't regenerate. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And so my uh, my argument on how it helps us to understand these ordinances rightly is as a Reformed Baptist, I would say that that if we understand the effectual call rightly, then we understand that baptism is not a means of the effectual call. You know, you have some that would want to uh, to to make baptism the way that people are regenerate, you mm-hmm. know, and I would yeah, say I'd definitely be of like mind with you on that too. Yeah. Yeah. The a, effectual a fellow, I'm uh, not a Southern Baptist, but a fellow general, yeah. generally speaking, a Baptist. Yes, sir. Well, that's, yeah. The effectual call is, is differentiated from baptism and what baptism actually does is, is, is uh, one of the things it is, is a picture of what has happened inside of us um in that 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 old heart has been removed and we're made new you know Mm -hmm. and so if you don't what that's what i'm saying like if you don't get the effectual call right then then and we see in some denominations there are ways to misunderstand that that overlaps with baptism whereas baptism is a symbol of uh of of what has already happened it's similarly the lord's supper is not a Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go before ahead. you get off of baptism, I was just going to say that there's also the, you know, not just the, we're kind of arguing for uh, credo baptism rather than pedo baptism, but sure. there's also the immersion versus sprinkling there too, that yep. the identification of going into the grave and then back out in, in mm-hmm. the immersion, as opposed to just um, a simple washing that you'd have with a sprinkling. Yeah, I, ex- yeah, yeah, I, so yeah, I think, so one of the cases that we're kind of making in this episode is, you know, you might not think what hath, what hath effectual calling to do with baptism, but you see that there actually is, you actually see there's some connection here, you know, Mm -hmm. and if you get one of these right, it helps us to understand the other. And if you get either one of them wrong, you can, you can misunderstand. But let me be clear, you know, I'm not saying in, uh, I'm certainly not saying that if you get regeneration wrong, that you're unregenerate, nor am I right. saying that if you get baptism wrong, that you're unregenerate. Right. But I, but I am saying that it's important for us to get both of these right because it builds a consistent theology, if it makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And, and maybe the way I would also kind of word it just to help illustrate, I think what you're getting at is that with, we have a, a misguided or, or uh, out of place theology on this, where we're, you know, we're not heretical, but we're not completely biblical, is it kind of handicaps us in a way. And, and the longer we carry that, the more handicapped we're going to be. Yeah. So yeah. carrying a, a biblical, really biblical understanding helps to free us to get the work done. Yeah. Yeah. So baptism is for, we would make the argument that baptism is for those who have been effectually called not it's not for those who haven't been and it's not for those it's not a means of the call if that makes sense um and then likewise i say lord the lord's supper is is it's not the means of this effectual calling it's for those who have been effectually called as you kind of alluded to just a minute it doesn't bring about regeneration that is um, right it's for those who have been born again yeah and then um sorry i was a little distracted i hearing sounds no. upstairs and stuff so I was <laughs> yeah, yeah letting people know that we're still recording but um i i think you said something you use the word means uh-huh. and, yeah and, and what that kind of direction that was going to take me mentally was was means of grace mm-hmm. where i mean that's a different topic entirely and i've done a show on means of grace in the past but um that uh there's a difference between means of grace and like means of salvation right mm-hmm. yeah that's right so when we say 
now some Baptists get a little bit touchy on calling baptism and the Lord's Supper a means of grace, but 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 they really are a means of grace. They're not they're not a means of salvific grace. They're not a right. means of salvation, like you say. They're not a means of salvation, but they are gracious signs that the more Lord a, has more of a sanctifying grace rather than a, a justifying justifying grace. Sure. Um, let me read to you from Baptist Sam Renahan. He says the Lord's Supper has two sides, like baptism. On the one hand, it is God's declaration of the forgiveness of sins to His people in covenant. It is His visible word to them. On the other hand. It is the people's pledge of faith and participation in those promises. We do not simply contemplate the sacraments. We celebrate and enjoy the sacraments. Given that the Lord's Supper, like baptism, involves active faith and the promises signified by the symbol, it takes on a special character because the church collectively professes its faith in the Lord's Supper. Baptism signifies new creation life. And the Lord's Supper signifies our right to that new creation and ongoing nourishment until we reach it. So that's just a good, robust, smart <laughs> Baptist um, articulation. And so I'm just saying, like, what I'm saying, I'm not necessarily saying there's a direct connection between effectual calling and the, and the, and the ordinances. What I am saying is when we understand the effectual calling rightly, then it helps us to also see these other things in christian theology rightly right. too e even i would add to that church membership because as baptists we believe in what is called regenerate church membership meaning church membership is only for those who have been effectually called and maybe because i'm kind of i don't know what your time is i'm looking at the time you know, I, we're probably getting close but but maybe something we should end with for just a couple minutes is yeah I think how do you easily 10 10 minutes left if you want to okay okay well then so what do you think about broaching this subject yeah we've talked about this how <laughs> yeah 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 how do you know andy how do i know i hear you guys talking about effectual calling but how do i know if i've been effectually called and maybe that would be a good way to yeah i love that. that and and uh i'll let you answer but i would just say first john but yeah 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 that's that's excellent you know that's what i would say too because this is a beautiful and glorious doctrine don't overcomplicate this doctrine right mm -hmm. do you you know if you had a listener maybe someone's listening or maybe they need to counsel someone and they want to know some things about this. And one thing I'll say, don't overcomplicate this. Do you trust Christ? Is Christ yeah. your, your savior? Do you love him? Do you want to obey him? Do you see him alone as your only way to God and as uh, the forgiveness of your sins? Um, that's one way. And then of course, another way is, as you talk about, John fleshes out what it means to be well, he flat out again. says, oh, I don't have the verse on, you know, the, the, the reference on my head, but he flat out says, I, you know, the, I, I write these things so that you may know that, that you're saved. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, yeah. He that says the whole purpose. He says, that's right. That's his purpose of writing is so that you may know. That's right. He says, and so he says, let's see off the top of my head, if we can walk through them, but like, I know he says those born of God, uh, uh, do not practice sin. He says, those born of God do practice righteousness. He talks about those born of God love God and others. I know First John 3, 14 says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. And then in First John 5, 1, he says, those born of God believe. So, how do you know if you have been effectually called? Well, do you hate your sin? Do you, do you desire to repent? Are you repenting of your sin and trusting Christ? And are these evidences of grace in your life? Do you love the local church? Do you love the scriptures? Do you, do you fight sin? You know, cause some people say, well, I must not be a Christian because I'm always fighting sin. It seems like I'm always fighting sin. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what? Unbelievers don't fight typically 
don't fight sin. Yeah. It's believers that are fighting. I, I hate the way that I that I that I spoke to my wife right there, or or I'm frustrated at, that I got mad at my kid and this or that, and like, or I, I hate that that thought entered my mind. Well, welcome to the fight. The, the effectual call is not the end of our fight, is it? It's the no, beginning, right? That's you know, it's the beginning, and because of the effectual call, we are awakened to to the fight against sin. Our sin has been forgiven by faith. We're justified in Christ, completely justified, but we spend the rest of our lives fighting and hating sin. So all these, you know, off the top of my head, and you may have some more to add, but all these are are evidence to say, well, this is what it looks like to a person who has been. Um, effectually called they don't just want to go through the motions of religion but they have a love for christ and for the church and for his word so uh how about another verse you can add john 10 27 my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me Mm -hmm. so that's how you know yeah now, uh, you didn't use the word per se, but uh, we're really talking about assurance of salvation. And yeah, we've yeah. done a whole episode on assurance, but um, that ties into all this as well. Yeah, I hope one thing, which I That's didn't kind of what we're I, talking about with the first John stuff. If we're not, we're yeah, we're talking about that. But like when we it's it's interesting how, you know, sometimes you don't know the way a show is going to go until you're talking. But, you know, one of the themes of this episode has really been just just really the beauty of how theology fits together yeah you know and so even effectual calling it's gonna have a a a connection to our assurance Mm -hmm. you know how does this all how does this all fit together and so we we've seen that as well and i i think that's that's important um well once again it's providential i mean yeah i didn't plan this out yeah let me let me tell you a story about what happened You'll, because I think as a dad, you'll, you'll like this. Um, and, and I hope it's an encouragement to others. Let me tell you what happened December 13th, 2020. Um, so a, a little over a year ago now, we were doing family worship one night and I was so tired. I was just like, let's just do it. Let's get through it. It was a Sunday night, actually. It was during Advent season. So we did it and it's probably something I don't want to say lame, but like, I felt lame. Like it wasn't like, you know, one of my best, you know, (laughs) I was just like, we need to do this. Let's read, you know, and talking a little bit. And all of a sudden my 13 year old starts crying, you know? And I'm like, me and his mom look at him. We're like, why are you crying? He says, I feel a burden for my sin. You know, we're like, right what (laughs) and 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 so here's what my exhortation you know to parents to people and 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 we went through some more things and we we feel like he was converted um i just you know that's enough of the story to share for our, our time but but what i'm trying to say is i'm trying to give um an exhortation to parents to pastors to co-workers be willing to share the truth and then trust God to do his work. And that's what we're saying with the effectual call. God is going, this is what's beautiful about the, God is going to do this. He is going, he's not done drawing people to himself. So what if it's your child? What if it's your coworker? What if it's your, your neighbor, your, your curmudgeon neighbor across the street? You know, like God's not done saving and because of this effectual call, we have the great joy and hope of sharing the truth and seeing God work in his way for his glory. Awesome. What a great way to end. Thanks. Well, thanks for thanks for the opportunity, Andy. And, and yeah. let's not make this another two years, uh, two plus years before, yeah. before we well, hang out again. Um, let me know when that book's coming out. Yeah. Um, Lord, Lord willing, I hope the end of this year, but we'll see. Okay. Maybe because I'm a slow reader, you can send me a, like a, a, a one of your final drafts there and I can kind of get ahead of things and we can do a show yeah. on it later. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Cool. Um, yeah. 
talk to me when we get off. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do that. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Alan. It's a pleasure. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. All right. Echo Zoe Radio is an outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries. If you are blessed by the show, please consider offering your support. There are many things you can do to help, including prayer, sharing the show with others, and your financial support. Echo Zoe Ministries is a registered nonprofit organization with 501c3 tax-exempt status, and your donations are tax-deductible. For more information about how you can support Echo Zoe Ministries, please visit echozoe.com support. Well, that wraps up episode 166. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. For show notes, visit echozoe.com slash 166. Don't forget to check out Echo Zoe Ministries on Locals. That's echozoe.locals.com, L-O-C-A-L-S.com, where we're trying to build some community. You can support the ministry there as well as interact with the community and uh, really hope to see you there. And also a reminder from the beginning of the show, go to echozoe.com slash link tree for all of the other sites and places that you can find Echo Zoe Ministries around the internet. And with that, Lord willing, we'll be back next month with the March episode of Echo Zoe Radio. 